The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you with us, as always. Eric Ryder, our producer, is at the board, and today we are going to take a trip as if by magic, a trip of the mind, and once again, I might add, to the Gilmore Car Museum, the world-renowned Gilmore Car Museum, North America's largest auto museum with more than 400 vehicles on display. It's located midway between Chicago and Detroit, just 20 minutes north of Kalamazoo, a place where I have been quite happily, or 45 minutes south of Grand Rapids. The museum is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to tell the history of America through the automobile. This is American Road Trip Talk. The interview is coming. Josh Russell is the expert on hand, and what we have to reveal to you ought to inspire you to take a trip out there to lovely and spacious Hickory Corners, Michigan for a trip to the Gilmore. You will never forget it. Give us a couple of minutes. We will be right back after a word from our buddy Anson Williams for Alert Drops. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Trip Talk. Advertising, sports marketing, and automotive industry veteran Josh Russell is a key member of the leadership team at the Gilmore Car Museum, located in Hickory Corners, Michigan. He is the Senior Director of Marketing and Development. Josh is a graduate of Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He's a stickler for good, creative, engaging content and intelligent design. He's also a lifelong hot rodder, a do-it-yourselfer, vintage boat enthusiast, and amateur racer. His current roster of projects includes a 1931 Ford Model A hot rod, a 1964 Oldsmobile Dynamic 88 Mild Custom, a 1993 Ford Mustang GT, and a Ford 302 CI V8-powered 1974 Correct Craft Ski Boat. He's a busy man, and he's our guest right here now. We're glad to have you, Josh Russell. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate uh, the invitation to be here with you today. Oh, my goodness. With all that you're doing, we're glad to have your time, and particularly during the period in which the current issue, Josh, of American Road Magazine, the theme of which is TV Highway, features, among other things, Fonzie's Motorcycle, 
which I have just read, is about to make its return engagement and become a static display at the Gilmore. We have a lot to talk about, but why don't we start there? When is that happy event from Happy Days going to happen? Yeah, I actually just got uh, an update um, yesterday from our curator, Jay Fallis, and uh, he actually let me know that the, uh, the, uh, the, the Triumph should be on its way, the motorcycle should be back on its way to the Gilmore Museum um, here in the next week or two. Uh, we had it temporarily on loan to the good folks at uh, Haggerty, Haggerty uh, Collector Car Insurance um, up in uh, northern Michigan. And um, they actually did a really cool uh, video series, a YouTube series, um, uh, where they actually got that bike uh, repaired and running and rideable again. So we're actually going to, uh, to get that back here in the next couple weeks. And our plan at the Gilmore is to to actually put it right into the area in our 1950s and 60s gallery that currently holds a special exhibit on um, American graffiti. So same that the film American graffiti, we've got the actual, uh, the actual picture car, the 1958 Chevy Impala um, that, uh, that Ron Howard owned in the, in the film uh, here on display, along with a tribute, uh, John Milner, yellow 32 deuce coupe and uh, white Thunderbird, like the one that Suzanne Summers drove. So the Fonzie bike is going to be on feature display right there as part of that uh, as part of that entire gallery. It sounds great, and it's so iconic. There is a backstory to Fonzie's 1952 Triumph motorcycle, which is stated broadly that he didn't know how to ride it very well. <laughs> So it turns out, and this is in the article in the current issue of American Road, many of the shots that called for motorcycle action featured Winkler, Henry Winkler, great idol of that era. It featured him sitting on a bike that sat on a rope pulled dolly. He tried apparently uh, when he was brand new to the role, he tried to get on. He was just supposed to go about five feet. He accidentally gunned it and wound up losing the bike and being underneath the sound truck. Well, and you actually, uh, Hollywood isn't all that it's cracked up to be sometimes, right? The reality is different than the uh, than the fantasy. So I guess that's a, a perfect example of that. But I'm definitely a child of the 70s and 80s. And wow, there was nothing cooler than the uh, than the Fonz. And um, so uh, I know that I'm not allowed to sit on the motorcycle, but I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that its owner, who we're so grateful, um, right, has, has provided it to the Gilmore for us to have on display and share with folks. Maybe I can at least be here one day when uh, when when he takes it out to ride it. Now that it's uh, that it's running again and uh, and ready to be enjoyed. I keep thinking of how traumatized that must have been to Pinky Tuscadero. She thought the Fonz could ride. <laughs> <laughs> And so Happy Days, uh, iconic TV, decade-long phenomenon. What a show. And you have a piece of that now. And I think that it's about the best way you could do it as you describe it, Josh, because you're talking about not during the period when the show is in production, but what it represented. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, in the same way that uh, American Graffiti kind of celebrated that era. It was kind of a, you know, a golden age of, uh, of, of younger folks, um, uh, owning and driving cars and, and, uh, and riding motorcycles and, you know, getting out of their parents' houses and hanging out at the, uh, at the, uh, the hamburger stand or the malt shop, that sort of thing. And, um, it's just a, a real neat kind of just appreciation for Americana and, and what, uh, America kind of was in that period in the fifties and sixties. 
Yes, and very lovingly rendered, too. It definitely tickled everyone's nostalgic funny bone. So there is that. Fonzie's 1952 Triumph, soon to take its rightful place in the Gilmore Car Museum. Definitely worth a trip right there. But there is so much more because, Josh, I congratulate you. It, it's not an exaggeration to say that under your direction and with all of your efforts, the Gilmore Car Museum is really an all-seasons treasure. You're not daunted by winter. You're taking the proper precautions during a pandemic, but you have events coming up. I'd like to get to as many of them or all of them if possible. Coming events that has something for everybody who loves car culture or who appreciates American history through the automobile. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I can't certainly can't take all the credit for it. I've, I've been in the in the role of uh, executive director here for just a couple of months, but we have been really aggressively, in spite of the public health situation and everything that you know everyone's been dealing with across the country and across the world, to to really try to create events that will um, that for those folks who are comfortable coming out um, to to look forward to get to getting outside or getting out to the museum out of their homes and, and, and enjoy it. So uh, as you mentioned, we have a brand new winter motoring meet that's coming up um, Saturday, February 20th here at the Gilmore Museum. We have a, an expansive 90 acre campus with uh, historic red barns from the late 1800s and recreations of, um, of vintage car dealerships uh, from the 20s and 40s and an old 30s shell gas station and just a beautiful, beautiful campus in the summer, but it's also beautiful when it's snow covered in the winter. So we're, we put together a winter motoring meet on February 20th, and that's gonna be an outdoor event. We're gonna give rides in our Model AA uh, pickup truck and uh, Model uh, T depot hack and uh, several other cars from the collection kind of dashing through the snow in those. And we're also doing a pre-1990 vintage, uh, vintage and antique snowmobile exhibit. So we got you know, the snowmobile community coming out to check that out. So definitely looking forward to that. That's a good winter event. And um, uh, it's it's the kind of thing that we want to do even more of out here to get to get folks engaged and kind of immersed in 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 that experience. And it would be immersive. Of course, you have hardy Michiganders and those in the Midwest, Chicagoans as well, making their way up there. How easy is it? Because we don't want to sound forbidding. There's so much going on here. You design these wonderful events with the idea that lots of people would be interested, of course. How easy is it to get to that corner of Michigan and to find perhaps a place to stay? Maybe they want to make a weekend out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much uh, so much to see and do here um, in this particular area near Kalamazoo. Um, a couple quick examples. Uh, the, the Air Zoo um, Aviation and Aerospace Museum is here, one of the finest in the in the country and in the world. Um, there's a great, uh, there's a, a terrific uh, craft beer scene here, Bell's Brewery, and, um, and that outfit is right here in in, uh, in Kalamazoo. Uh, lots of lakes and and, uh, and and places for folks to uh, to vacation and and enjoy or rent for the weekend. But yeah, in terms of road trip. We're just 15, 20 minutes off of Interstate 94, off of I-94 that connects uh, Chicago and Detroit. And um, uh, yeah, it's quick, quick jump off of the uh, off the interstate. And there are, you know, dozens of hotels uh, in, in that same area, 15, 20 minutes away from us. So um, easy for people to uh, to plan and make a trip and uh, and enjoy out here. But we also um, in the summer months, 
uh, or in the warmer weather months, we also offer camping out here at the Gilmore Museum. So if you're pulling a, a vintage travel trailer or have an RV, um, or even you want to just do some rustic camping, we do have designated camping spaces on this uh, this big uh, on our grounds on the big campus that we have. Several of them have uh, electric, uh, but we're part of the Harvest Host Network now for the first time. So folks can uh, you know consider camping on site and enjoying everything there is here at the museum over the course of a, a weekend or or during the week. For those who want to rough it, that would be a great opportunity. Uh, people like myself, where I, I'm in a tent only rarely. But I love my hotels. I love motor lodges, particularly vintage ones. But the, it's nice to be in a nice hotel, let's face it. And I have done that, Josh. I have been in Kalamazoo, which is not at all far away. And they must have enough accommodations because when I went there, it just so happened. I had no idea or I probably would have planned a bit differently. I wound up staying there the very weekend of graduation at your alma mater. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Parents yep. everywhere. True, true. Um, and, and so in Kalamazoo, well, in, people, if they want to stay there, comforts of home on the road, you have that as well. That's right. That's right. Um, and in the spirit of camping, if folks do want to consider it, we're actually hosting on May 15th this year if they're road tripping and and uh, maybe they have a vintage uh, Shasta camper like I do or an Airstream or a you know, Scotty or something like that. We're actually hosting our first uh, vintage travel trailer rally um, on Saturday, May 15th, uh, during that weekend here at the museum, which is also the same day as our uh, Corks and Crafts um, Wine and Craft Beer Festival. So, you know, put that on the calendar if you're, uh, if you're uh, ready for a road trip and some and camping out at the game. By Gilmore. the middle of May, too, you're also hopefully experiencing a nice thaw, pretty easy traveling there. Yeah, we, we should. Certainly by May, it uh, gets, uh, gets pretty nice around here. And, and uh, even the weekend before, um, you're starting to get into boating season around here. And there's lots of, in addition to Lake Michigan, you know, really the, the big lake, uh, there, are, um, there are really hundreds and thousands of really terrific inland lakes in this part of, uh, of Michigan. So we're actually going to do a, a classic boats at the barns event the weekend prior on May 8th. So whether it's a wooden runabout, a, you know, a, a fiberglassic with the big fins and the bubble windshield or a, a vintage correct craft or master craft type ski boat um, like like the one that I have, uh, they're all going to be welcome out here that, uh, that weekend. And you get extra cool points if you actually tow your classic boat with a, a classic car or truck. Oh, as I can well imagine, that's right. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that a month from this weekend, we're talking about March 6th. It seems to me like you folks are adding a touch of Disney or Disney-esque entertainment. You've got the Princesses and Carriages event coming. I've never heard of anything like that at a campus related to car culture. Tell us about that. Well, it's funny, it has been a little bit of a surprise, but I think a pleasant surprise to most of our members and, and uh, our, the fans of the Gilmore Museum and the community around here. The, the idea behind it is um, we're going to have 14 uh, of kids' favorite storybook um, princesses and uh, princes out here um, at the Gilmore Museum to take to have interactions with kids and to have um, uh, uh, memorable photo ops with them. But it's the, the kids get to have the photo with the princesses and princes beside or standing in front of or sitting uh, in 
actual historic carriages, uh, royal coaches, limousines, and fairy tale backdrops. So, for example, we have a an 1895 uh, Cunningham Victoria carriage that they'll be taking photos with, uh, a 1959 Cadillac limousine for the royal treatment, and and truly royal in uh, the Lincoln Museum here at the Gilmore, we actually have a 1939 Royal Canadian tour car that was built by LeBaron uh, for King George VI and Queen Elizabeth of England's visit to the United States and Canada in 1939. So um, it's, it's a way for us to kind of combine uh, the really neat and historic cars that are in the collection and introduce the younger kids and have kind of that to um, to the cars, uh, to history, to the museum, but they have that kind of magical interaction with um, some of their favorite characters. The magic of it, I get, and I am astounded that you would have these wonderful vintage carriages with you. So, and we have other events to get to, but let me stop and ask you, Josh, what about the challenge of acquisition? You've got the huge campus, sprawling campus, expansive campus, and you got to put something there. If you're going to have a car museum worthy of the name, you have the biggest in North America. How does the brain trust of Gilmore acquire these very, very difficult to find items? We're, we're very fortunate. Um, you know, the Gilmore has been in existence since uh, 1966. And so um, the, the way the collection's divided up is uh, some of them over the years are, are Gilmore cars and are part of the uh, Gilmore collection that started uh, by Donald Gilmore back in, in the 60s. Um, and then, of course, several of the cars, many of the cars uh, over the years have been donated to the Gilmore Museum by uh, private, private owners and private individuals. And then um, a good portion of our cars are actually uh, cars and motorcycles and other vehicles are here on temporary loan. And they're on loan from individuals for typically at least a year at a time. Uh, what we try to do and uh, what what uh, the way we operate is just about a third of the uh, collection gets rotated out every year so that there are fresh exhibits and new exhibits and new vehicles coming in and out of the collection um, and, into, and the museums and the galleries every year so that the experience is uh, fresh for our guests and uh, our members, and there's always something new to check out. And then they show up at events in all their glory. Boats at the Barns on May 8 for classic wooden and fiberglass boats. Of course, the vintage travel trailer rally on May 15 that Josh mentioned for vintage campers. You have a Corks and Crafts Wine and Beer Festival. That's going to appeal to a lot of people. They're, the cars may take a back seat that day for some people, and that's okay, too, for beer and wine enthusiasts. May 15 for that. You also have a micro-mini car world meet on June 18 and 19 for micro cars and mini cars. Now, we're talking about something beyond the Mini Cooper. That's the one that everybody knows, and you see those on the highway. But what else are you going to be offering? Sure, that's um, that's a new event this year. There actually uh, had been many years ago a micro and mini car world meet um, outside of Chicago in the Illinois area. It hadn't been happening, so uh, we've actually partnered with uh, with the gentleman who's trying to organize that and get that going again. So that uh, you know, it's Isettas and Messerschmitts. I mean, the real tiny cars, real micro cars, and that's happening in collaboration with uh, and at the same time as the all air-cooled gathering uh, on Saturday, June 19th. And that's presented by 
the uh, the Franklin Museum. The Franklins were famous for being air cooled cars, right? Built in New York, and uh, they were powered by Franklin uh, aircraft engines um, back in the uh, in the early 1900s. So Franklin is putting on that whole weekend, uh, one of our partner museums here, to celebrate everything air cooled from Franklins to Porsches to Corvairs to VWs, but then also uh, you know combined with that micro mini meet. Um, the great thing about the micro and mini cars is they don't take up much room, right? So there can be a lot of them and we can fit them in and still have enough room for everybody to space out. That's going to be a unique event. In fact, you could say that for all that you offer, it's quite a calendar of events coming up in 2021. Let me move on here. I've got this tidy list there. I want to make sure I get the gentleman's name right, but a man by the name of Bob Oginski, do I have that right? Yeah, Bob Oginski. He was a... Yeah, there's a GM Chevy show that's uh, being being put together in his honor um, on uh, Sunday, August 1st. So we're working actually with the the son and um, and and the the friends of Bob's son. He unfortunately passed away this last year, and and they approached me and, and the museum. Um, they felt like doing a car show was the best way that they could honor his memory and legacy. I understand that Bob uh, actually was a uh, again, uh, he was a master mechanic, uh, worked for General Motors, actually worked at the uh, Milford Proving Grounds um, for GM, uh, developed a lot of cars, uh, and, and I think show cars maybe even, and um, uh, has had a great collection that the, the family is now uh, continuing to enjoy. And uh, yeah, it's a special show to celebrate GM and Chevy um, makes and models out here on that uh, afternoon. So that one's you know, that one kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. I'm really looking forward to that. And, and because Bob liked um, one of the requests, right? Bob was a big fan of, uh, of, uh, of Polish food and uh, polka music. So we're going to have, um, we're going to have Polish sausage on the, uh, on the grill at the Gilmore that day available for our guests. And we're going to be playing some polka music in addition to, uh, to the kind of uh, the songs that we typically play during an event weekend. So that's the thing. Every one of these show weekends, all 24 of them throughout the year, um, are a little bit different uh, and unique. Polish food and polka in Michigan? I can't imagine. <laughs> yep, you got it. That is going to be something. And for this is like, this is the kind of car culture for every man and every woman. I can talk about my own family far more often than not. We would, and we had several cars when I was growing up and it was GM. We were GM loyalists. Chevy was wonderful. We had pretty good luck with them, but we also had a Pontiac. Sorry, Pontiac. I know they don't make them anymore. It was the coolest looking car we had, the Pontiac Star Chief. I want to say it was a 1964. It looked great on the lot. And for the first 50 miles or so, it was terrific. But it's weird, Josh, because I don't know what the devil was in the electrical details, but that car spent more time in the shop than you would ever imagine when you're signing on the dotted line. The Star Chief was a cool looking car, but it had persistent electrical problems. So you go out and you see the history and you're going to learn a lot. And great way to learn is by asking questions about the cars that were very well known, some famous, some notorious. Maybe you'll have a Corvair out there yeah yeah very very possibly i wouldn't doubt it and how about the corvettes yeah the cor- cor- certainly could be some corvettes out out on uh, on that weekend but we're also on sunday july 18th we have our corvette envy show and so that's all corvettes um and as it turns out actually it's uh, going to be a big year for corvettes at the gilmore museum 
uh, in our main gallery, right at the main entrance of the museum, um, every year that the theme of that exhibit uh, changes over. And for this past year, it's been, it was all about Packards. So we have about 25 really special Packards on display in the main gallery, but come this spring, um, the main gallery exhibit, the featured exhibit uh, for the next year is gonna turn over to uh, every generation of Corvette from C1 to C8. Oh, so, that's going to be um, magnificent. We're, we're, our curator, Jay, is uh, working on that. I'm working on that with him. Um, we've got some some really special and really neat uh, Corvettes that we're going to be displaying here at the Gilmore um, starting this spring. As we get into fall, I do not want to neglect to mention that you folks have your own way of celebrating Oktoberfest. Yeah, we, it's a couple, we started uh, to do it this past year with a couple of special events and we've kind of built on them. Um, the first is uh, there's a, a great organization, Deutsche Marks, that kind of combines all of the, the German car clubs from the region and the area around here. So, you know, your, your BMW folks and, VM, and VW folks and Porsche club folks, um, and we're doing an, a fall colors cruise and Oktoberfest event uh, on October 9th. Um, again, with, uh, with, uh, with appropriate food and beverage uh, and music. Um, but uh, so we've got a Deutsche Marks Oktoberfest event on October 9th. And then uh, right at the height of the colors, probably the color change here in Michigan with all the trees, October 16th, we're actually going to do a, another uh, Gilmore um, fall color tour, which is kind of a, just a drive through the, uh, the, the beautiful Michigan countryside in this era to enjoy the changing colors and then kind of finish off the season with the cruise in and a stop at our 1941 um, diner here on site and, um, you know, have lunch and enjoy hopefully a sunny afternoon before we settle back into winter again. And as usual, the Gilmore's popular Wednesday night cruise in event offers live music, food and beverage. It runs every Wednesday night from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time from May through the end of September. For all of these events, all the details, all the information you need to plan a trip to the Gilmore Car Museum, where would they go online, Josh? Yeah, gilmorecarmuseum.org.org. And I understand that you're going to be refreshing, updating the website itself very soon. Yep, uh, we're working on a, uh, a, an all-new website, an updated website. It's going to be terrific, and uh, that should be out in the uh, next month or two as we get ready for kind of prime car show season. And then, you know, one other thing that, uh, that we're looking forward to that will ultimately be updated on the, on the website and on Facebook, um, it's at Gilmore Car Museum uh, on Facebook, uh, is we anticipate announcing, and probably by April, a summer concert series as well. We're looking at doing eight outdoor concerts here this summer. Uh, depending on the public health situation, they might be drive-in concerts, uh, like uh, like you would think about a drive-in movie. We're gonna have live performances in a drive-in type style, but as soon as the uh, the health situation allows, we hope to you know have a couple thousand or a few thousand of our, of our members and friends out here um, for lawn style concerts uh, later in the year, or at least looking at years uh, going forward. So you beautiful. Know, and the, it's a big part of the lifestyle, you know? Thank you, Josh Russell. It's been a pleasure to visit with you. Hope to meet you someday at the Gilmore Car Museum. Look forward to having you here. Thanks very much. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Check out the latest issue at AmericanRoadMagazine.com.
Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American road.